Some movies are highbrow, some movies are lowbrow. Welcome to Highbrow Lowbrow. I'm Cooper Gagan. I'm Josh Kirschenbaum. And this week it's a nobrow. We got some topics to talk about. Josh, what's the first topic? First topic is Saturday Night Live, the television show. Yep. Yep. It's live. So, it's on Saturday. That's all you need to know. Saturday night. So last night was the uh, was Saturday night and was the finale of this season. Yeah. Uh, and there's a lot of turnover. I feel like every once in a while they have like a big departure. Uh, so they had Pete Davidson is leaving, Kyle Mooney, uh, Eddie Bryant, and uh, Kate McKinnon. Have all uh, left. Oh, Kate McKinnon. Huh. Yeah, yeah, that was a big one. So, um, I mean, I'm the. I mean, I watch that number when you do. Yeah, um, I, I don't keep up with it. But right now, they're this very specific. I think the cast is the biggest it's ever been right now. I think part of it's got people like all those aforementioned people have really been around a long time. But they keep bringing in new people. So I think it's probably really good for the health of the show that like. Not that all those people are all super talented and have been great on SNL, but it's probably time just to let, you know, like, yeah, you kind of need to have some turnaround. Or it's more like you need some, not even turnaround because they already added all the new people. They have to actually finish the turnaround process that they started. Yeah. Cause like, yeah, if, I mean, as fantastic as, except for Keenan. Yeah. Keenan Keenan can stay forever. Yeah. Um, As fantastical as people are, like, it's true, like, you know, fantastical, not fantastic. As fantastic as those people are. They're like, whimsical. Sarah Sherman is quite fantastical. Yeah. Um, but so let's think like so Sarah Sherman, who I think is like hilarious in like a very specific and strange way. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it'll probably meet with with Kate McKinnon, Eddie Brighton, and and Pete and all those people. Well, Pete's probably not going to make a huge difference because he's barely on the show. Yeah, um, he's a writer though. Maybe the writing will be. I different. don't think he write. I think he doesn't write for the show. I don't know. I think he probably. I think most of the cast also write for yeah. the show. Um, but I do think he's sort of been kind of doing it at his own speed for the past year. Yeah, anyway. and I guess you never. I mean, maybe maybe you know if you're really in SNL, but like you don't know who has the most sketches on uh, the show. Yeah, you can figure it out. Yeah. So I think a lot of this, the writer, like there's a whole thread on the SNL subreddit every week about who wrote what sketch and they like figure it out based on like, I guess what's announced. Uh, okay. Um, there's a lot of like like uh, inside baseball like energy that people really put into SNL in general because yeah, it's... Yeah, it checks out. Well, because it's only like that's I guess the thing to talk about more is like what SNL is such an... In, like an interesting institution, I feel like. Yeah, it's it feels kind of like a, like improv where you have to just be into the world of improv and you're like really into watching like into like the game like watching like how the parts are made. Right, well, SNL is kind of the same way. Well, there's like there's like comedy hipsters who are like very into like finding like early and I said not, not an insult, but like really into finding like up and coming comedians getting really into yeah. that like the art of being com- it's like people who are like really into rap music but like for comedy yeah which also I feel like there's probably a comedy lot of nerds yeah, yeah. Comedy, that, that's what I'm describing comedy nerds yeah um, and like it's funny SNL is kind of like the line where like the comedy nerd people become like stars it's like this sort of incubator. Like, like when SNL picks you, you've already probably like done stuff at like Second City or I yeah. guess now or like, you know, are like a TikTok. Well, yeah, SNL is like getting called up to the big leagues. Right. And like that's where you like kind of like sink or swim. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think that, um, well, like Kate McKinnon, I think is fantastic. Last, so last night she had a skit. They, they did the thing where they kind of do a, like a, a sender off skit. Yeah. Okay. Uh, which my AD Bryant didn't get one, which is unfortunate because AD Bryant's like also it. incredible. Like Bryant. Yeah. She's so funny. Yeah. Uh, but they did the, um, um, spoilers for last night's SNL, which will have been two weeks from now. Can you spoil an episode of SNL? Well, they do a, uh, they open the episode with, you know, the, the skit she does where she gets abducted by aliens. And she describes right. it. Yeah. They do that again. Okay. And then That's a good one. it ends with them being like the aliens are, will want to take someone to go with them. And so they, they open oh, this they door and then she leaves and then she like says goodbye like pretty earnestly, like basically as Kate McKinnon. Yeah. She like teared up a little bit, got to say hi from New York, et cetera. It was honestly kind of sweet. That's nice. Oh, uh, was that the pre? Yeah. I was, oh, so they didn't do a political cold open. Right. Which actually, what really. Thank th- God. Well, they didn't really. Yeah. Like, I hate the political skits because because they're not like incisive really no, anymore. They're bad at doing that. Right. Um. Yeah. Like really the Sarah Palin was such a, the Tina Fey Sarah Palin was such a like phenomenon and so good and that like ruin, that, that it tricked it them into thinking yeah. yeah that they had to do that again yeah it's like that producer thing well it's it's that's snl's mo is that something works one time and then yeah. they decide to drive it into the ground and not seemingly realizing that that's what they're doing because that's like their thing is like 
I don't know, they've done the Californians like 40 times. Right. And now I you can't I cannot stand the Californians. Well, I feel like Californians is one that's particular because they never bring a new twist on it. Yeah, it's I always the like, same joke. Right, because I feel like there's other skits that they'll like have recurring and come yeah. back. And a lot of times like uh, I was rewatching the Vinny Vidacci skits skits, the one that Bill Hader is just like an Italian talk show host <laughs> who like is constantly surprised that the guests don't speak Italian. Oh, that's funny. Uh and they're it's always kind of the same joke, but they always add like a new thing. It's always a new star, at least. Yeah. So set up. Whereas even like Chad, they actually they have a twist. Something it's like Chad yeah. a new situation every time, or even like Celebrity Jeopardy, they'll have on different celebrities. Yeah, and you know, obviously the the Sean Connery and yeah, that one also got long in the tooth, but yeah, quite fun. Um, but you know, I, I think it's just sort of kind of neat. It definitely feels like a big moment for SNL to kind of get some new people in. Um, I'm and, sure they will fuck it up somehow. Yeah, baby, I don't know. <laughs> uh, and and the Pete, Pete Davidson got a, a nice little send off. That's nice. I I. Pete Davidson is such a weird figure to me because he is like so hated by certain people. Right. I mean, I guess he's also like I I'm like a fan of Pete Davidson. I think he's super funny. I like his stand up and yeah. I like his, you know, brief appearances on SNL. Yeah. He also seems like a nice guy and like his personal life is funny. Right. Yeah, no, I like I I like the guy. I mean, I yeah. I've, I have no reason to hate Pete Davidson. I couldn't even like reach I for think one people really. People might hate him because he's seemingly a weird man who like dates beautiful women right <laughs> and then they kind of work backwards from there <laughs> there's that famous picture of him and kate beckinsale like leaving a party where like she is like in this like beautiful dress like full yeah. makeup like hair you know like with all the fucking wazoos and then like it's all just, the wazoos <laughs> like very clearly like the, yeah. you know the look like a stylist did it and like and like pete davidson's in like a sweater and jeans he looks like a fucking zombie because the lighting's really harsh on him so he's just like a goon yeah <laughs> it's really like that's i think people see that and they just get confused i think they and get jealous leads to anger <laughs> and, and anger leads, leads to, to hate and hate leads, leads to, to suffering <laughs> yeah specifically pete davidson's suffering right <laughs> Uh, he had a really nice goodbye. He just sort of like they brought him on it because like Pete Davidson on SNL almost never does characters. Is this yeah? Thing. He just comes on on Weekend Update or he does the Chad stuff. Yeah, I think the Weekend Update him is basically just him doing stand up. That seems to be where he is most comfortable and most funny on that show. Yeah, I mean, well, that's his. Th- I, I feel he's like stand up. Yeah, yeah, he's just he he kind of is weirdly one of the few like pure stand ups on SNL anymore. Uh, he's like he doesn't even just I haven't seen a lot of his other projects. I didn't see King of Staten Island. But like, I like I like that movie a lot actually. Yeah, I feel like he doesn't like it's he's not the Will Ferrell who's gonna try out a bunch of different characters and do a lot of really high energy like bits. Now I'm curious to see what his like audition tape was. Yeah, well he talked it's funny, he talked about it on um on his goodbye. Yeah, and he he'll, he'll talk about me. It was a very heartfelt specifically to Lauren. Like he says like Lauren yeah. kinda helped him out in a lot of That's ways. Nice. Uh and he basically said like yeah, when he auditioned, Lauren said like um it was something like, like I don't think you're right for the show, but like, why don't we just like mess up together? Like, basically, just like I don't think you're right for. It. Let's just try it out, and like, it, it, we'll we fuck it, we fuck up together. Yeah, Lord Michael sleeps cool. I don't, he yeah. seems so weird, but also like somehow so brilliant. I, I, I think there's maybe there's some people who can speak to it more than I can, but like, it, there's clearly a lot of love from the cast towards Lauren. I th- yeah. It feels that way. It seems like that. Like, nothing seems. Nothing appears to have. I think the only thing people got mad at him about was apparently he was the driving force to get Trump on before the election in 2016, and oh. some people were pretty upset that that happened. All right. Which it is apparently like a violation of certain election laws. <laughs> <laughs> like, like it's this thing where like if you ha- if you bring on a can like a you show can't bring on a can exactly. Yeah. So it was this thing that like NBC had to offer like twelve minutes because Trump was only on air twelve minutes of that hour and a half episode <laughs> to like and it was during the primaries they had offered to like Jeb Bush oh. and like Rand Paul. Oh, and, like, I would love it if they <laughs> like, all Ted had Cruz. to be on SNL. <laughs> they don't. I, I think it just has to be on NBC. Yeah. And I think they all turned it down because they're just like, we don't want to do that. Like, yeah. that's not good for us, yeah. which maybe they should have because they fucking people lost. People seeing us talk is not good for us. Right. We don't want to be on we television. We're weird, unlikable people. Right. We're politicians. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it was pretty good. Anyway, so there's the, new, the younger cast. I mean, obviously, Bone Yang, I think, has already become like a huge figure. Which I don't understand because I've never seen him be funny on that show. I, I think he's funny, but I do think he, because he's one of the few young people, younger cast members who they like let be a featured person on the skits right now like that he's a little overexposed yeah i will say i don't dislike bone yang as a comedian mm-hmm. partly because i don't really know him very well yeah but i don't think he's bad at being on snl i think he just they give him weird nothing parts where he just says like one line at the end of it right well that's what i'm saying is that they just keep giving him like he's just in a lot of stuff where like if he's if it's that energy in every single scene it becomes a little repetitive yeah but i do think he's really funny also the skits he writes are i think are pretty great he's got like a weirdly uh, like there's the one with Benedict Cumberbatch episode where it's like a like an '80s like new wave band singing like the the Chuck E. Cheese song. That's fun. It's really really great. Yeah. Um, like that kind of really aggressive weirdness I like. 
Yeah. Yeah. And that's the other weird thing about SNL is that like you forget that the actors also write. So they might yeah. like maybe they're not the best on screen, but they're actually putting in a lot of like behind the scenes work, but they still have to be on screen to some extent. Right. Is that, well, that was all thing like Tim Robinson, like that he was like a writer first and then they put him on to as a cast member and then he just like. Yeah. Other than like, I think the one, the, the like the basketball skit, he never really like made much impression. I don't know there. the basketball one. It's like that. It's him and Sudeikis are, um, you know, it, 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 there's like a jingle, like an NBA jingle they play, like in the lead up to games, like, yeah. yeah, yeah. and like the skit is them like pitching that to the network, but it's got lyrics. And like oh, Tim I Robinson think I have seen like, that. Basketball. Yeah. And like, they, they get really upset. And it's like, a very Tim Robinson bit. <laughs> right, exactly. And like, everyone's like, wants him to, ch- it's basically the skeleton skit. Yeah. But like, <laughs> basketball is <laughs> You should, if you, if you, the audience, have not seen, I think you should leave. Just, Turn off our podcast and watch it. <laughs> it's so great. Yeah, I wa- I watched that skit a lot. The 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 day Robert Palin murdered me skit. Just... <laughs> I want the hot dog one is my favorite. Yeah, one the hot, still. that's the one I show to people who like want to get into the show. Yeah, um, but you're dressed like a hot dog is such a funny joke. It really is. Uh, and oh, and that's a, another thing about SNL is like sometimes you you, you know you sink or swim and you and you sink, but then like you go on like have like you know like Michaela, oh, Jan- Jenny Slate is the big one for me. Right, she got fired after one season and is now she said fuck on air. Yeah, you're not allowed to do that. It's no. illegal. Uh, I think she got fined. It was fine. Um, oh, she did get fined. Yeah, SNL. I think got, SNL got fined. I think. Oh, okay. But like, it was. I, I I think she was also fired for because I think it just wasn't the right fit. SNL wasn't where yeah. she was kind of like bloom. It's like the legend is that she got fired for saying for swearing on air, but it was like the second episode she was ever in. She definitely could have like redeemed herself after that. It's probably just that she wasn't great. She was yeah. not. She, not she. She's very funny. I think she's great, mm-hmm. but I don't think she's an SNL. Yeah, well, some people like this. Like, that's just not the right venue for like. Like Tim Robinson had his own has his own sketch show now. And yeah. it's like brilliant, and he's like hugely successful yeah. there. Or arguably Pete Davidson, <laughs> right? I mean, well, Pete, <laughs> funny Pete was like worked because Pete, I think, tapped into the SNL as a cultural institution thing because mm-hmm. like it is like a lot of celebrities like going there, like going to the after parties and stuff, and it's like a very hip, cool thing to do. So like Pete was like the like the it crowd energy even if he wasn't on the show that much these days yeah, it is also nice to have somebody who's like kind of like cool right like, yeah <laughs> you need like the one cool kid who's part in the theater group yeah and he <laughs> to, was like, grab them and his digital shorts from this past year were very good yeah like the the short ass movies with him and it was i great. always like the digital shorts the best which is maybe the most damning thing i could say about <laughs> snl because it's the one part that's not live right it's <laughs> like that bit in 22 jump street where it's like you know what to make improv better if you're like Wrote, wrote it out beforehand and like you know and like thought of what your the jokes are. he's like oh you mean like sketch comedy he's like yeah you should do that <laughs> <laughs> um yeah it's like that's basically what pete's pete's whole thing is yeah. Like, yeah just like that energy and like you know he'll I'm, I'm excited to see i guess i don't really know much of his other products i like his stand up i think mm-hmm. he has another show in the works okay um that'll be good um and then you know, like you know, like Michaela Watkins had like one year in SNL and was not super memorable. But now she's like a very successful working comic act, comedic actress. Yeah. Um, and I mean, uh, Julie Dreyfus is probably the biggest one of like oh. someone who like didn't have a huge, uh, uh, like was on SNL, didn't have a huge present there, and then obviously now it's like you know. Yeah. No. Th- wait. No. There's a big one. Um, I mean, there's Chris Rock was only wasn't there for long. No, it was Iron Man. Oh, Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. Right. I totally forgot that he's in SNL. Alone. Yeah. Exactly. That's how yeah. little he was on SNL because he was in that one season where they just fired everybody immediately. Right. Oh, yeah. There was that one where like they decided we're just going to have like actor actors. Yeah. Not, I think that was one of the years that Lauren wasn't there. Because the, there's Lauren, like there's a year that Lauren wasn't there's there. There's like three or four hmm. in the eighties where he left, and then this other guy came in, and, and it's like a whole thing, and then Lauren ended up coming back. Yeah. Because that was there was that one weird season in like eighty four or something where it's like Robert Downey Jr. and like three other people that all got fired immediately afterwards. Right. And then they like went back to just like being SNL. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, man, fuck, I totally forgot Robert Downey Jr. was on SNL. Because yeah. like, that's why he always comes on like an SNL alums to have been nominated for Oscars. <laughs> and it's like, oh, everyone always forgets that one. Yeah. Also right. that he was nominated for, he's been nominated for two, I think, at this point. For what? Uh, Chaplin and Tropic Thunder. Oh, both very good movies. I, I haven't seen for, Chaplin. Chaplin's good. It is? Yeah. Interesting. I mean, I saw it when I was a kid, so I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm watching it again. It's good, but I liked it then. Yeah. And actually, I can't think of the other um, SNL alums who have been nominated for Oscars. I think there's like a handful. Is um, Eddie Murphy? Oh yes, that would be one. Yeah, Eddie Murphy was nominated for Dreamgirls. Yeah. So maybe it's gotta be I don't know. Maybe there's more. I I don't wanna have to like go through a whole looking it up right yeah. now. Uh Bill Bill Murray. Oh uh, that's yeah. probably a big one. Yeah. 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 Uh although I don't know that an SNL cast member has won an Oscar, to my knowledge. Um we can look it up and I don't I don't care enough. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Uh but yeah, SNL, well I'm excited to see next season. I think it's always just a 
fun thing to have on in the background. Yeah, um, it's like nice. It's nice for it to. It'd be sad if it stopped existing, but I also yeah. don't think it's like great. Like, well, I mean, we've talked. We talked about this yesterday uh, off mic, which is the thing we sometimes do. Yeah. Uh, that SNL. I my theory is just that SNL's always had the exact same quality. Like maybe a little up and down, but like pretty standard across the last 40, 50 years. Yeah. And really, it's just we look at those old years as so great because we think of all the like just the best skits that get replayed. Well, yeah, it's like there's like confirmation bias or whatever. Right. Um, yeah, and I think for me, my experience of watching SNL when I was a kid was that I watched the best of DVDs. Right. So I would be like, oh, yeah, I saw all the best Mike Meyer sketches back to back to back, and that was great. Right. But and like, that's my memory of early SNL. Right. But like, I bet if you watched an episode from like 1993 beginning to end, it would have like there's a some bunch weird... of m- not memorable skits just like any episode. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I think that's probably right. Yeah. Anyway, SNL's cool. Excited to see. I want, excited to see like Sarah Sherman and Andrew Smukes and, um, um, you know, all those other new people. It is because Sarah Sherman came from YouTube, right? I maybe I think I think she's like a Second City person. Oh, she might. Yeah, she might. Also she was like be. Sarah Squirm was like her. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was like her YouTube thing. But it might be that like she's just a working comedian, like one of those up and coming comedians who also had a popular YouTube channel. Yeah. But the the X factor of YouTube now being a thing, and yeah. it's starting to affect SNL is interesting. Right. And when you have they have like the police don't destroy. Uh, I like them SNL. a lot. Actually, they're fun. I mean, it, they're basically the new digital shorts. Right. But they're, they're basically just doing what their YouTube channel is doing, but now on SNL and then also their writers yeah. on SNL. Yeah. Uh, I do like that. They're, they're really fun. I think they're really funny. Um, yeah. Um, I think that's all I have to say about SNL. Yeah, yeah that's it. Cool. Fresh. Video game <laughs> movies. Fresh. Kicking. Hopping. <laughs> Video game movies. There's never been a good one. Yeah. Changed my mind. Yeah. I mean, I'm just kidding. To- you can't. I mean, I'm trying to think of. I mean, like, there's people who like really ride for Silent Hill, who think it's like a good horror movie. Yeah, I have not seen I it. I haven't seen it, and I'm I, skeptical. I feel like it might just be like a, like a, like a fun like, like, like. Some of the Resident Evil movies are kind of fun in like a bad. But they're like kind of so way. bad as good kind of movies, and they've and they've really gone away from the video games. Is my understanding is that like the first one was oh, kind yeah. of like the video games, and then they just are now in their own like. Like uh, uh, mythology, yeah. Especially because the Resident Evil games are now like kind of they're they're just constantly changing it up. Well, that's like funny, like because you always say Detective Pikachu is a good video game movie, which right. I don't agree with because I don't think it's a good movie. But right. also, like, I don't think Detective is Detective Pikachu a game, like yes. specific, specifically Detective is. Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> There's, I guess a lot more Pokemon games than I've kept up with. <laughs> well, right. Like that's why everyone's surprised by the because everyone's like we wanted Pokemon. Everyone's dying to have Pokemon like content, like live action Pokemon content for yeah. decades at this point. And then, yeah, they're like, we're doing a Pokemon movie. Great. It's Detective Pikachu, which is like a, a game that was only in Japan. Uh, I don't think it ever came stateside, or if it did, it was like very briefly. Mm-hmm. And it was like, it's like a, I don't know, it's is like it, a detective. Is it like a point and click thing? I think so. But it's like very much not a Pokemon game with like battles and like, you know, yeah. catching Pokemon and stuff. Much like the movie. All right. Well, that was the problem with what I, yeah. what I my friend, I do like Detective Pikachu. I think it's fun. I think, but like that's the thing is like, it's not really a. It doesn't really do the promise of the premise. Like, what do you want to see when in a Pokemon movie? Pokemon doing battles. Yeah. What don't you get in that movie? Any of that? Well, there were those Pokemon movies, but they don't think they they're the animated it. ones. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, those are fun. I mean, they're those are they're what they they're are. kids movies. Yeah. They're, they're like shitty kids movies, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I do. I gotta say, I watched. Um, um, I mean, this was years ago. But like, I remember I was I was sick a weekend. I watched the Pokemon movie and the Digimon movie back to back. Oh, how was that? I will say the Pokemon movie. Highbrow, lowbrow. The Pokemon movie is good. It's like it just oh, yeah? like like it is like an actual movie. Oh, and so this is low praise. Maybe like, there has been a good po- a good video game movie then. Yeah, but although that also was like an adaptation of like the anime and the manga, which like came like like concurrently with the game, kind of. So right. it's like a, a little loopy way around. It's not just someone looking at a video game and being like, "How would I turn that into?" You know? Yeah, that's true. Um, and but no, it's good. It's like it's like I think it's actually like it's fun. It's action. You know, it's a, it's a Pokemon movie, but for kids. But like it's like I think it's like they obviously put a lot of effort into it. Whereas the Digimon movie is actually just three completely unrelated Digimon short films that pre-existed that they like stitched together and made you think that they were connected by like changing the actual dialogue. That sounds right. It's insane. <laughs> it's like a really strange. It's like so that's like too. such like an eighties kids movie thing. We're like, yeah, they're fucking idiots. They won't get it. We'll just like try to trick them into thinking we made a movie. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Although some of the shorts are like pretty good. Um, for like like one of them actually ended up getting adapted into like a full length movie. That's not a Digimon thing. Just oh. like taking the same concept. Of like, there's like a virus like in computers all over the world, and like instead of Digimon, it's just like I don't know hackers or something. Oh. And that director had then like left Digimon to do like like acclaimed like movies like Mariah and uh, um, the Girl Left Through Time and things like that. Oh okay. I mean, anime corner with Josh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's a you are alone in that corner. I'm yeah. not an anime guy. Uh, but no, you're okay. So, uh, wh- why do we think that is that mo- video game movies are almost universally quite not good? I have a theory. I mean, I think that a 
video games are like not a narrative medium. I think they're just not it is not that it's impossible, but it, it's a medium that is not good at telling a linear story. That's a, a plot, B plot, C plot. Yeah. First act, second act, third act. Mm-hmm. Video games are better at creating a world and letting you like wander around that world and learn things on your own at right. your own pace. And like I so and also like and also it's like I think video games are much long. It's like long form storytelling as much as as it is storytelling. Mm-hmm. And it's like the same pro, same way as like difficult to adapt books sometimes because there's just a lot of stuff that it's like trying to get adapt. Like a, like if you're trying to adapt all the Game of Thrones movies into one uh, books into one movie, you right. run into a lot of problems. Like, what do you cut? Right. And like a video game is like that because the video games are like fifteen to like twenty five hours long. Right. And also like very episodic. It's like a, a lot of and then and then and then. Yeah. And then when the when video games do try to tell a traditional linear story, they're usually just bad at it because you're also trying to work in these gimmicks with like the gameplay, which right. does is like totally not what they're good at. Yeah. Well, it's also just like. You're like trying to like shoehorn in the stuff that exists for totally non-narrative reasons. It's because it's fun gameplay. Yeah. Into the story to make it make sense and just is nonsense. And then when you make a movie of that, because producers like, well, you got to have the cool stuff in the game. You got to have like this gun everybody likes. Yeah. And like that's not good. That's not a good way to like make a movie is by like working backwards just to getting like specific working backwards from props right exactly yeah (laughs) it's it yeah you're right it's tough yeah Um, and i i think that makes a lot of sense i mean especially like like to your point that video games are not narrative i think that like i can't think of a lot of good video games that are just do like very standard a b like a b storytelling i'd say you know like like grand theft auto is maybe grand the, the gta games are maybe the only games that I've like really liked the story on. Yeah, I'll, I'll say Psychonauts obviously is a good one, but that's also like a, such a very specific like, yeah. like Rye vibe. And they do like that is very traditional. Like you do a thing and then like, but it's also kind of like a point and click. It's sort of like those because um, uh, well, it, it was it Double Fine who used to make like you know mm-hmm. Attack of the Tentacle and and things like that. Right, or Grim Fandango. So there's a lot of like fun like dialogue trees and, and things I, like that. I tried playing Grim Fandango. <laughs> it's a bit dated recently. I think I just got like stuck. Like I couldn't find. I, it's because it's like it's like an older. It's like a '90s game, right? Where like the like the design is really cool because it's all kind of like Dio Smartos. Yeah, but it's like that those '90s games do not hold your hand. And I was just like, I don't know where to go next. Like yeah, I think well, there's like an elevator button. I just like didn't find or something. You just like it's just kind of have to click on the whole screen and yeah, figure out like what you're supposed to. Click and on. I was just like, I don't have no time. I'm an adult. I'm not going to do this. Right. So it's funny when video games try to be like movies, they fail. Mm-hmm. But like. And I guess like when movies try to do like video games, they fail. I think maybe when I think TV shows are have a better chance at adapting video games. Yeah. Have you watched any of the, the new Halo show? No. Yeah, me neither. I don't have Paramount Plus, so I think I haven't heard great things, but I haven't really I haven't heard anything specific. Yeah. I mean, so it seems like maybe that's because like there's people who really like The Witcher, but that's also based on the books. That's, yeah, that, yeah, that's a weird thing because it's like I think the like books well, came the, first. It was books. The, and yeah, video the books games definitely and, came first. And I think the show is the show, the show is like more an adaptation of the books that then tie in some video game stuff right. and add a bunch of other shit on top of it. Yeah. So it really feels like maybe TV would be the space. I mean, I guess if you were going to do a video game movie, you, I mean, you really just like kind of have to like really pare it down, like not do the whole game or just like find something in the world that you can kind of like, like the Sonic the Hedgehog movies might be, I've heard they're actually kind of fun. Yeah. Uh, like the live action ones, like that might be the only way to do it. You just like take the idea and yeah. then just sort of like write a fucking movie well that's the thing it might just also be a problem with like producer thinking yeah where it's like you're not making a video game adaptation unless it's like a triple a game that you know is going to have a built-in audience and that's why i'm making it but if you're making that movie as a producer you're like well we got to have xyz that's popular from it yeah but it's like the same reason why like the current star wars adaptations are bad it's like well we got to have luke leia and han right instead of where the story should naturally or yeah instead of telling a story in the star wars universe like like the star wars universe is so vast it's like a giant adventure game there's all this shit going on that you could just draw from yeah but you gotta like let go, you gotta let go. You gotta like was it kill your darlings, right? Right. And the, just and studios don't do that. Yeah. Although then if on the flip side of that, if you do if you like are adapting a property and you have no love for it at all, you end up with like the Super Mario Brothers movie or right. like ones where they're just like let's just slap the name on here and write whatever we want, and then it's like well then why even adapt this video game? Yeah, exactly. exactly. Let's just like write a fucking movie like an original movie or something. Yeah. Well, the thing is like Mario has like there's no world to Mario that makes any sense. <laughs> well, they're making there's an animated Mario movie coming out really? with Chris Pratt as Mario. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. But though, I mean, that's 
tell talking about story like storytelling that's told backwards because like the Mario stories just because they had the sprite they worked backwards from the sprites. Oh right, it, it's like he has a mustache, so you can tell he has a nose. He has overalls, so you can tell he has a torso. Like yeah. that's why he's a plumber. Yeah, they work yeah. backwards from like we have like eight <laughs> dots to show a man. Right. Well, that might be why that movie might actually be kind of good. Is they don't have a bad story they have to stick with. They just have yeah. the characters who have been a million weird things, and then. All they really need to do is have like Princess Peach and a castle and Bowser and like yeah yet and you think kind of do it it'll probably just be like a solid kids movie yeah it's doable yeah I mean it, it might be bad yeah I mean there's definitely it'll, ways to fuck it up but like it's it's possible that's when you could do, whereas like if you're adapting like Halo and if you do like Halo has a pretty dense mythology right and you have to do, like apparently there was the rumor of why the Peter Jackson Halo movie never got off the ground was that Peter again just a rumor around the internet but like the whole story was like I think Peter Jackson's team were like adapting it like actually talking to like okay like here's what we'd cut here's what we have to change and they'd go to like Bungie and Bungie would be like oh you have to have this because like this is such a great story on like this thing we wrote like and that like you know you feel the answer is that it never is it's hard to work around like I, yeah. I there's people who really like the Halo like mythology and storyline but like it's very clearly kind of, you yeah. need to adapt anything yeah exactly um and I mean I it's like the Warcraft movie it feels like it's kind of the same way yeah I mean I it's funny we disagreed about this that, like I thought they should just just started with Frozen Warcraft 3 or Frozen Throne because I feel like that's was their big hit yeah, but, I mean, I think you're probably right. It's just that I remember, I, I like knew the story of the earlier games better because like I was a child when they came out and I used to like read the, I used to take the Warcraft 2 manual with me to school and like read the story parts on the playground because I was a nerdy child with, you know, who did stuff like that. Right. It's just, oh, it's just, that's just the thing of like where you like, and this is another complaint I have with shows in general where like you you save the thing you actually want to have till the end. Yeah. So yeah, like it was like, oh, we'll start Warcraft with like, the one with none of the characters you like so that we can eventually get to Warcraft 3. Right. It's like, motherfucker, just start with what we want to see, you know? Yeah. It's like TV shows that like where nothing happens unless you get to episode nine. Well, yeah, yeah, and like making movies to start the franchise instead of trying to make a good movie and then having a franchise. Yeah, I feel like you should just make the good movie and then, fuck, if you want to go back and do a prequel or you just need to invent new shit, like, guess what? You're, you're playing with house money now. You have a hit because you did a good thing. Yeah, or like have whatever the whole franchise planned out but don't yeah. just like drop like drop something hoping that. But again, it's like you're playing your producers. Like yeah, yeah. Well, it's like with the uh, the Cowboy Bebop live action show. They like there's like one of the Ed is not in the whole season, and then they just like they hit him like oh you know we may do Ed later. With and the then dog. No, that's Ian. Ed is oh. the Ed is the girl. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, the with red hair, the kid. Cool. Yeah, yeah. So and and so she just shows up in like the last scene of the last episode of the season. That's silly. And she's like just just do it like like they're one of my favorite writing stories is the the breaking bad season three mm-hmm. how like have you seen you've seen break yes, yes okay I've seen so the, the twins right they remember the twins in season three there's like two the the twins who come from mexico who are going to kill uh, right yes yeah. uh, um uh hank, hank. hank. Yeah. yeah so the whole the, they were they had planned out that season that they were just going to like introduce episode one and then they're going to like be kind of skulking around and then like the finale would be like the attack right and then like as they were writing it and filming it they were like this is dumb. Like, why would they just be sitting around doing nothing, spinning their wheels? Yeah. And they just moved up that attack to like episode like six. Mm-hmm. And then that whole, that's whole season. That's so such a good episode. Yeah. And that breaks over the whole season. It's such an interesting, like that's why that season works. Yeah. And like, that's really great storytelling instincts. Like don't be slaving. That's why you to, get him collecting gems. Yeah. Like why? Yeah. Don't. Oh yeah. They're minerals, right? <laughs> minerals. Right? Minerals. Marie, Jesus. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. It's so, like, that's why, uh, like, that's what you need to do. Like, just like, don't be beholden to like the thing you're supposed to because yeah. Sometimes you have to follow the story instead of like trying to shoehorn the story into what you came in. Like sometimes you have to like break away from your outline because the story wants to do something. Right. Like the the rules are there to get you to a place, mm-hmm. and if you're they're not getting you to that place, then you have to get to, like you know they're they're guidelines. They're ways. Their processes to get to result. If you're not getting the result, like the yeah. process has no value. I mean, it's like half the time when I'm like really struggling with like plotting something and like something i'm writing it's because i have working backwards because i'm like well it's like it's like a promise the premise thing we're like yeah. we need to have this one scene in this movie because that's how we're going to pitch it to somebody right but then it's like sometimes they kind of get away from you and it develops into something else you're like but we need to have this little this one point right and then we'll end up spending like months and months and months trying to make it actually work mm-hmm. but then with these video games and movies it's like we'll, we'll just put it in the middle like whatever yeah exactly um yeah so you know look there's the, the halo show might be good i haven't seen it you yeah. know they've, they've got this the mario and mario one might be good mario mario um and sonic's ones are good i guess people seem to like those actually the yeah. sonic uh games but we'll we'll uh i don't know we'll see i'm not i don't have high hopes that like you know 
like Elden Ring is gonna ever gonna adapt to like a functional. Yeah, what's thing. what's a game that you think could lead to the first good video game adaptation? I mean, Psychonauts, if they just made it, I kind of adapted the story into like an animated movie. I yeah. think could work, or just like spun it off from there. I think it's just like a, it's like a good world with kooky characters and stuff. I think Mist could. Good. Yeah. Mist would be a good TV show because it'd just be like lost. Yeah. 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 yeah that would be kind of interesting. Yeah. Um. I mean, I can't really think. I, mean, I don't know. Like, it's tough because, like, I'm trying to think of ones that have like really specifically like, compelling. Or Gra- story. like Grand Theft Auto Four, actually, with all the Nico stuff. Yeah, especially because that's such a sandbox game. You could so much you could just carve out and just like take like the the concept and like the parts of the story that really work. Yeah, and like yeah, you like you take out the because also all the characters are kind of like. You can drop them in. You can like because you can interact with them separately. Yeah. It's kind of like Lego pieces. You just put together whatever pieces Lego pieces you want. Yeah, it would basically be like Once Upon a Time in America. It's like like just like a you know a, yeah. a mob saga. Yeah, it'd be um, fun with like a guy coming in from Russia and doing the whole thing. Yeah, it'd yeah, be fun. That could work. Yeah. Um. Uh. You know, cheeky answer. South Park: The Stick of Truth. Um. Uh, you know, or like yeah. the fractured but whole. <laughs> yeah. Such a good t- <laughs> what a good title. <laughs> Great game too. I really enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Though that's cheating because that's like an adaptation of a show already. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's that's like yeah we'll we'll like adapt the 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 like Telltale uh, Walking Dead games yeah, into a movie <laughs> to Walking Dead. Um, yeah, I mean honestly, Left for Dead I think could be fun because it's oh, yeah. it's just the characters are fun and it would just be like a like a fun zombie movie. Yeah. Well, what's going on with that? Um, the the one where they're like fungus. Oh, zombies. Last of Us. Yeah. Yeah. That- that's that's becoming a something. I know Craig Mason's working on it. I think it's a series that's doing an HBO. I maybe <laughs> I was gonna be like, does Craig Mason do TV? I'm like, oh right, yeah. Right. Chernobyl. That's like his big thing now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it's gonna be a. I'm actually looking it up. Um, I think it's gonna be a TV show. Oh, interesting. Yeah, mm. it is gonna be a TV show. I mean, that's what um, I think would is higher higher likelihood of working. Yeah. It's uh, uh, yeah, Pedro Pascal. And um, hmm. um, the girl's gonna be Bella Ramsey, who's like this. Um, she was that kid on Game of Thrones, the one who was like the house um, house umber. Remember? She oh, was the like, little kid, the cute one, right? Yeah. Who was like technically the lord of the house? Because yeah, yeah she was I liked her. Yeah, good for her. Um, so that could be good. I mean, it seems like at the very least Hollywood is trying to make good video game movies now. It's like they're not just like yeah, they're like taking it seriously, right? They're not just being like you know, oh, here's some trash. Here, it's not like Doom. Yeah, you know, or like some of the other like video game movies that have not worked. I mean, and that is that is like the other answer to how to make a good video game is you take it seriously and yeah. you like accept it. You like you work with the medium and you you know accept it. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Um. Next topic. Yeah. Yellowstone, the only show that has anyone that anyone watches anymore, and that I have not seen. Me <laughs> so great talk. Great way for us to get into this is that we <laughs> haven't seen it. Uh. Yeah. More. I, I, the we we were talking about the triple six quadruple six quadruple four, four sixes definitely four, four sixes four sixes ranch it's called yeah. four sixes ranch but right. it's just six 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 right which is a an upcoming spinoff of yeah. Yellowstone and I guess it's like the largest cattle ranch in Texas it's like a huge I think it's thing. the largest cattle ranch on the in the in the United States yeah, yeah. okay yeah and that's like a thing but like yeah. I don't know why it has to be Yellowstone spinoff but like. Yeah, but there's like there's like they they already have 1883, which is a spinoff, which take you know I guess yeah. same ranch, but like hundred years ago, and then they're doing another one in like the 30s, and now there's this one, so there's like a whole Yellowstone connected universe. But is I this, think it's this kind of feels like Cloverfield paradox, where it's just like it's a way to sell the other thing you already wanted to make. I think that's what it is. I think they're just trying to make these connections just because like people like Yellowstone. But they were both about like ranching, right? Yeah, I think they're they're connected by topic, yeah, roughly. Um, I think I don't know. It's just like it's such a huge success. Yeah, I mean that's also like arch archers like that. Or it's oh, just yeah. like <laughs> they they started spinning off. They did all the, the Dreamland spinoff stuff because like Adam. It seems like I don't know this, but mm-hmm. it seems like Adam Reed just wanted to do all these genre things, right. and it's harder. It's easier to build it into your show that you already have that's popular than to pitch a new show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Although I always I I liked those. They were always fun, but it was always the issue of like the characters weren't really the characters. You know, yeah, you kind of had to start scratch, even though they were like had the same kind of jokes. Yeah, um, they were always good. I, 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 yeah, no, they're not bad. It's like I would rather have Archer though. Right, exactly. Yeah. And so then Archer did come back, and the new season was pretty solid. If yeah. I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, I think I watched it like while doing other stuff, so you should probably go back. Uh, and it was just been, it's just sort of like, I guess it's not honestly not hot else to say. Oh, it's don't a, fucking it's, it's like a spiritual success, spiritual sequel, like that term, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I really want, maybe if we watch Yellowstone, there'd be like a in universe <laughs> connection. we knew what we were talking, talking about. about. Although it is interesting that Harrison Ford and Helen Mirren are the stars of this show. I mean, That's those are super duper crazy. Get. Yeah. I'm curious. 
I'm like kind of surprised that Harrison Ford signed on to a TV show because he seems to famously hate acting. Right. Well, he's very ornery about it in general these days. I feel like he, he other than uh, maybe they just promised him a super easy schedule or something. Yeah. Or like honestly, maybe he just like they just offered like a ton of money or just like an interesting project. Um, yeah. You know, it definitely and it definitely feels like Yellowstone's like it's this unexpected success. So it has this kind of that's always that thing where like you know a show that, like like how Stranger Things like kind of came out of nowhere for so many people. Yeah. Like when something is not anticipated to be that big and it's like a huge hit, everyone just like just the hype is real in Hollywood. People just flock to it. Yeah. But um, there is like I guess I'm now I'm just thinking about for Harrison Ford's well being. I like yeah. TV shows can have an easier schedule if you like actually work around your actors. Oh, especially for the kind of movies that like he'd be offered right now. Like, you yeah, know, cuz he's like on doing Star Wars stuff where you're like stuck in like you're stuck in like a desert for like right. 4 months. And you have to deal with like acting against like a green screen and yeah. like they're constantly doing rewrites whereas I mean they're also doing rewrites on Yellowstone but like at the very least he'll be like he'll be just like live on a te- on a ranch in Texas for like, you know, 6 months of the year or whatever. Yeah, they like you get your nice hotel yeah. and then you like if they're doing if they're doing it right they can have like it's like just 12 hour days or whatever yeah and also it's probably very good material I mean I've heard that Yellowstone is really fantastic and Taylor Sheridan is a really talented writer mm-hmm. so I mean it's a way if you are interested in like just working with good material like and you're Harrison Ford like you could roll the dice in like weird indie movies at his age or you could you know go do your franchises which are kind of hard and hit or miss these days or you here, the hottest writer in Hollywood wants to give you a whole show. And also, Harrison Ford's brand is kind of that he's like, kind of like down to earth, like folksy a right. little bit. Like, yeah, yeah. His, his whole thing and Costner about, had that in common. Yeah, yeah. He was like, was he like a set carpenter? Yeah. At first. The, yeah. That's the story. Which is funny because at first I heard he was a carpenter. I imagine he was like making furniture and stuff, but he was like doing like set deck. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, that's when people say he's a carpenter, he's not, he wasn't just like building like yeah, you know, shelves. Yeah. No. Yeah. He, yeah. Exactly. He wasn't like whittling. He was working. He was <laughs> building, putting up like set flats and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Harrison Ford's great. I'm interested yeah. to see it. I mean, I think uh, it's definitely been a long time. You know, just some actors have, have just don't really work these days. So it'd be yeah. cool. Um, Car- carpenters the other funny thing is how like you got more carpenter bits no just about like <laughs> in entertainment yeah. like job titles that mean other things like mm-hmm. how electricians in set like you can be an electrician on set but you're just you're a lighting guy right it's just that they, they're called electricians right which is like confusing to other people yeah it's the same as like carpenters where they're, they're like set tech people yeah exactly yeah um uh anything else on, on spinoffs yeah. Nah. 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 Uh, next topic: museums. This is our most. Like, <laughs> we're really reaching. We're blowing through them. <laughs> it's gonna be like a thirty-five minute episode. Uh, uh, I have a funny thing about. So I went to the Getty with our friend Eric, future get past and future guest. If you're working in tenant t- rules, where you're yep. going back and forth in time. Um, a, we went with Eric. We went with his baby Max, mm-hmm. and uh, we definitely looked like we were just uh, like a couple oh, with a baby. Funny. Because also, like Eric is like he dresses much more. Like I was wearing like a very flamboyant like pink leopard print sweatshirt, and mm-hmm. he was like very much butcher than I was. So we definitely like <laughs> kind of looked like we looked like a gay couple in that way. And yeah. then also we were just like walking around with a baby, right? Yeah. Um, but it was fun. a great time. Um, the other funny thing is that uh, we. One of the one of the like the rotating exhibitions was like it was like silk it was like swan feathers and silk an exquisite chair eighteen hundreds chair yeah and Eric and I were looking at it, we're like okay like what what what's going on with this what's up with this chair and I was like I think it's just one chair he's like there's no way it's one chair like it's got to be like a whole thing about chairs or something right and we walk in a room and it's just a plexiglass box with one goddamn chair in it and like thirty plaques describing stuff about the chair and we're like. Well, maybe like somebody famous owned the chair, and we like start reading the plaque. He's like, "Well, the materials suggest who may have owned the chair." Is that like, we don't even know who owned this chair? Where did the chair come from? It really felt like it was like that one kid who forgot it was like show and tell that day, <laughs> and it was like rummaging, digging through his desk, like fuck, 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 and then like presents an eraser. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, like I really, I, I generally not even as a bit. I feel like there might have been a gap in their schedule, and there's like we got to put something in here for like. For like two it's weeks, just an old chair that they found. We screwed it up, so we're just like, we'll take something from the permanent collection, just put it there, and we'll like research the hell out of it. And this is what they came up with. That's really funny. It was really weird. It was funny. <laughs> was it a nice chair? It was an exquisite chair. Yeah, but it wasn't like you know, like furniture design as art. It was like a historical. Yeah, no, it was piece. like like if you ever go to the Getty, they have like the kind of like um, Louis the Fourteenth rooms, right. like the Versailles rooms and stuff. Mm-hmm. It looks like a chair from one of those rooms. So like, we'd also seen like 13 other chairs that looked like that. Like I, it was truly baffling. That's really, really funny. Yeah. Damn. What a chair. I mean, the Getty's great. No, I <laughs> like, love the Getty. I had a great time there. Great museum. But this chair was insane. 
<laughs> they do have really interesting rotating exhibits at the Getty. Um, yeah, they have some. They have some that were kind of like art adjacent, which is interesting. They had one on anatomy, oh, like anatomy drawing. Yeah, which That'd was pretty cool. interesting. We didn't want. We didn't go to it, but yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it would have been interesting. The Getty's huge. It's really hard to do it all, especially if you're on your feet. It's hot. Get it? Yeah, that's like my my thing. Going to museums now, I'm like, you don't you don't try to like see the whole thing in a day. Yeah, which is easier when you live in a city. Like, I guess if you're visiting New York, you want to see like as much of the Yukuli as possible. Right. The Guggenheim. I know, I'm aware. Yeah. No, yeah. I know, but I just called it you because it's too late. Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't work. Um, yeah, because that's like a joke and a joke and a. And a anyway, so it's we, fine. we don't have to do a, yeah, a post mortem on yep. your terrible joke. Yeah, we'll just bleep all of it. Um, <laughs> if you're going, if you're visiting a city, you want to see as much of the museum as possible. But like, mm-hmm. if you live in a city, I'm just like, yeah, just go to like LACMA for like 20 minutes and that's fine. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. LACMA is also great. Yeah, like I got a membership to LACMA and it's like totally changed the way <laughs> I go to museums. Because you just, you just like pop in, look at you can look at one painting if you want and leave, and like you don't have this weird burden right. that you spent twenty dollars and you got to get your money's worth. It's like the Disneyland thing. Like I find Disneyland really overwhelming because like you're that you get there earlier on your. It's like eighteen hours. It's like you're there for so long. You got hit on the rides because you don't go that often. But like people who have the annual passes and they go like every weekend, yeah. like they're not doing a ten hour a 12 hour like day at Disneyland every single time they go like multiple times a month. They, yeah. They just like being in the space and popping in and because of the membership, they can like do that. Yeah. Imagine yeah. if like the way YouTube worked was that you gave them 60 bucks and they're like, you have one hour to watch as many YouTube videos as you can. <laughs> you would, you would be, be tough. Like, it'd be tough. You'd be like stressed out about which ones to see. You'd be like trying to cram in as many cat videos as possible. It's not the right way to watch cat videos. <laughs> right. I should go to Lackman more. I've really enjoyed the times I have gone there. Yeah, it's unfortunate that we've moved farther away. We used right. to be like on his doorstep. Right, you could we could just like pop right over. Now, yeah. not so much. Although, yeah, close to the Getty now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I, I can walk to the Museum of Jurassic Technology. I've still never been. You've never been. I know You've... what it is. I know, and I know that I would love it. <laughs> and I knew a guy in high school that worked there. That's awesome. Yeah. I, if if you're if you haven't gone, anyone listening, if you're ever going to go to L.A., it, whenever I have like, people who like visit L.A. are like, hey, I'm only there for like a day. What should I check out? I always say, like, go check out the museum. Really? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, because, like, you know, like, you know, okay, Lackman's great. Getty's great. Those are, like, bigger trips, obviously, like, yeah. museums. And, like, you know, you can go to the Walk of Fame if you want. There's nothing really to do there. No. Um, there's, like, other... And obviously, you get attacked by a man in a dirty Spider-Man costume. Right, exactly. Um, uh, but, like, the Museum of Jurassic Technology is such a cool... Such a weird, specific thing that you really are not going to get anywhere else. I think also it's like easy to do it in like an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're like right in Culver City, you can get like lunch and stuff. Uh, and it's just such a cool trip. Like, I, I don't know, if, I don't want to give away what it is, but if you live in LA or visiting LA and you want a really cool thing to check out, the Museum of Jurassic Technology is like really fucking awesome. Yeah. I feel like my other like, like alternative thinking, like stuff to show people in LA. It's just like driving around Bel Air and looking at big ass houses. I've done that before. I've had people like, just, you just like, go to Rodeo Drive or, or yeah, yeah, all the way up. Yeah, yeah, you're just like driving around Bel Air, like look at these crazy ass houses. Like <laughs> I, I enjoy it too because I'm like, that's a beautiful house. I don't live here, so I never go. There's no reason to go to Bel Air because right. there's nothing there other than if you're it's not just residential. Rich, yeah, yeah. If you want, like, there's like maybe like a restaurant near there. Yeah. Um, well, like funny, I I do that too. But, like I, what I like doing is taking people around Beverly Hills because yeah. then if you get to that insane nine way intersection. Oh my god! And that the big it just breaks people's head where they're just like driving around. It's like, oh yeah, you know, I guess we got to take this left. And I'll get there, and they'll be like, oh god, how do you live here? Why does this exist? That's got to be the worst intersection in LA. That'd be the worst intersection on the planet, as far as I don't, I don't understand how that happened. It should be a roundabout, right? Although round, I hate roundabouts, but apparently roundabouts are like better. Like they're more I think, efficient. I think it's more that like, yeah, I'm not familiar with them. Right. If I like under, if I was more comfortable with them, they'd probably be better. Yeah, but, but apparently it's like less accidents. You move faster, and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that intersection, you know, look, if you're visiting LA, you want to go to that intersection, <laughs> good driver. I don't even know where the, it's the intersection of like seven streets or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I, there's, yeah. It's fucking nuts. And <laughs> it's just a big circle. It's a giant with like circle. Fifth, with like eight outlets. It's yeah. like an eight way stop sign. It's really crazy. I wonder if there's like a higher incidence of like accidents around there or if everyone's so like freaked, like no one's like blowing through it. And there's, and there's so much space to move. Oh, it's like how people say that in like. In like India, where the, tra- the streets are like really crowded and yeah. people don't really follow like stop signs stuff, there's actually less fewer accidents because everyone has to like really pay attention to what's happening. Right, exactly. I wonder if it's like that in yeah. this weird in the, the, the circle, the star, whatever it's called, the star, <laughs> the star of doom, the star of doom. <laughs> yeah, it's the Walk of Fame, Star of Doom. <laughs> uh, museums are cool. I think we should check them out. I mean, yeah. Get, <laughs> hey, check our wreck this week. Museums, museums. the concept. Of We're museum. gonna be like Sesame Street, like right? the letter A. <laughs> If you, if you, we talked about this yesterday. Have you been to the Getty Villa? 
Yeah, I went, but along. I think the last time I went, I was in high school or something. Yeah, I really like the Getty Villa. I really like the antiquities and things. Yeah, I think when we were at the Getty this time, we saw kind of like the neoclassical stuff, where it's like mm-hmm. people from the 1700s making like kind of Roman, like Roman and Greek um, busts and things. Right. Which is in, so like the style is different. Mm-hmm. It's interesting, but like you know, Greek mythology is you know a banger. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> playing the hits, yeah. classics. Uh, and for you listening, if you don't know, the Getty Villa is. Not it's like it's like a, a J. Paul Getty like recreated like a villa he had like just uncovered in like Italy like an actual like, like Roman like ancient Roman villa he just like created in Malibu yeah. and it now it's also like a offshoot of like the museum so like there's there's the space itself is just awesome to walk around because it looks like you're in, like a, an actual Roman villa yeah and like cool gardens and shit and pools and stuff and they have a bunch of like Roman statues and stuff which are cool on their own right and then there actually is like authentic art and like antiquities yeah. and stuff have you ever seen those pictures of kind of the recreated Roman statues because they used to paint them right yeah like they were like Roman stat like the whatever like the classic the marble like, like the marble white statue they yeah. were in actually in Roman times they were painted and it looks insane. Right. Like very bright colors. Yeah. Very yeah. bright colors and like no kind of texturing or shading. Right. Yeah. So it just looks like a child painted it. It's really crazy. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those things that like, like yeah, the, the, the Greeks and the Romans were really helped out by the passage of time because those like yeah. the more, the, the plain white marble statues look so beautiful and iconic and like, like, yeah. like, and uh, then, like stark. The missing the arms and the heads seems like a stylistic choice, but it's not right. And if you actually go back and like, we're looking, they're just like, yeah, like they wouldn't, uh, they really helped out. Like time yeah. was a good editor for yeah. those artists. <laughs> yeah. That was the power of a good editor. Like just slash things at random and it works. <laughs> yeah. Um, Oh, also, I'm trying to think of other museums now. Like the Grammy, the Grammy Museum downtown is actually kind of fun. Yeah, have you been to the new Oscar Museum? Uh, I have not. I haven't either. I think the Miyazaki thing is closing soon, right? Yeah, that's what I heard. I was thinking. I think. I think it's closing in June. I was thinking of trying to get to, get to see that at least. I've heard that. I've heard that you had museums good. I've also heard that it feels like they're not. It's like it's not quite at the like how like, like they're still working stuff out. Is like what I had heard. That makes sense. It's but new. like. I, like I said, I can't judge myself. I mean, I love MoCA a lot because I just like it's the Museum of Contemporary yeah. Art. The yeah. one problem is that's downtown, right? So that's a, a big, hard to get big to. hurdle to get over. Yeah, like that's that's a trip. Yeah, you got to really plan your day around that. And yeah. the Broad is next door, oh, and that's Broad, also a good museum. The Broad is fantastic. Yeah. I love that. It's a the the modern yeah, just like really specific modern art. Um, yeah, like all the whole Jeff Koons stuff and the the uh, what's what's her name? Um, Infinity person. Yeah, Yayo Kusama. Yeah, 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 she's great. Good shit. Yeah. Oh, is the Infinity Mirror? Oh, the Infinity Room is that the Broad? It was, yeah. Oh, okay, I don't think yeah. it. I, I'm that, well, they had the, just the Infinity Mirror, and then they had a whole. Uh, um, what's your name? Yeah, you're like Kusama. Thank you. Uh, her whole, a whole like broader exhibit of not just the yeah. Infinity Room, but like a lot of her like a retrospective stuff. on her. Yeah, definitely. yeah, she's really good. Yeah, she yeah. does all like the it's all the, a lot of polka dots and then like kind of plants or like like, mm-hmm. like ceramic sculptures with like her polka dots on them. Yeah, she's really cool. Yeah. Oh, and other just you know, I go to Descanso Gardens up in like Flint Ridge is really good. Like, oh, like yeah. the Botanical Gardens are a really good spot to go to. Um, I don't know. It's it's just nice to. I mean, I didn't go to the Getty with you yesterday, so I can't really yeah. say that I recommend the Getty. Also, seems like a good spot to kind of just hang out. Like you could go there on a date, and, like watch, go to like watch a couple paintings, watch watch couple, couple, couple paintings, <laughs> like look, at, look, at, look at a couple paintings. You're not wrong, but you feel wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you can watch it if you're looking at it for an extended period of time. Yeah. Oh, no, I guess watching implies that the painting's doing something. Like keeping watch of the paintings. <laughs> um, God damn it! Uh, you can look at you can look at some paintings, but then there's kind of like a lawn you can just hang out on and do a picnic or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And I remember like they've got like you know food, and coffee, and stuff. Yeah. And you've tuned into Date Ideas with Josh <laughs> and Cooper. Uh, One yeah. time, I just walked around Hollywood forever on a first date. That's fun. That's actually a good idea. It was actually a pretty fun first date. Yeah, I feel like there's this like the little things like that end up being like really like Hollywood Forever is a cemetery. Yeah, for, yeah. They walked around. It's but it's like a very famous cemetery. Yeah, it's a, like, it's like a huge cemetery in the middle of Hollywood. Right, and they like show movies there sometimes. Like mm-hmm. at night, you can like you know like bring a blanket and like uh, you know glad. it's always like something fun, like Mean Girls or Shrek or whatever. Yeah, um, uh, it's, it's always it's always Mean Girls or Shrek. <laughs> <laughs> I saw. And they don't tell you till they get there. I saw Top Gun at Hollywood Forever on Fourth of July and. Me and my girlfriend at the time got like people were really mad at us because we just got super drunk and we're just like yelling along with the movie the entire time. And we're like, it's Top Gun on Fourth of July. You guys are the weird ones for not yelling all the right. all the dialogue at the screen. <laughs> 
Like people are like, shut up. And they're, like, they're like, we're trying to watch. I'm like, you're trying to watch this right now? You haven't seen Top Gun? Right, that's what I've always heard with those is that like you kind of need to know the movie already. Like yeah. you, sh- you shouldn't be seeing Top Gun for the first time at the Hollywood Forever because it's always like rowdy and like people going along with it. Yeah, except for apparently this time it wasn't. But like, yeah, it's like if you went to like Rocky Horror and, and you're like, everybody be quiet. I'm trying to watch Rocky Horror. Well, stop dancing and throwing things. Yeah. <laughs> Who threw that? <laughs> Everyone calm down. <laughs> uh, yeah, great. Data ideas. Yeah, good stuff. Maybe you know what? Actually, yeah, that could be a segment. Yeah, no, okay. We're we're cutting this short now because we need more material for the next no brow. We'll data, data ideas, Josh Cooper. We will do that next time. Yeah, so we'll have time to, to brainstorm. Yeah. Uh, how are we on time? Rex, get out of here. Yeah, we can get out. I'm here. pretty tired. Yeah, this is our second episode. Okay, cool. Recommendations. What do you got, Cooper? I have totally forgotten what Cooper. my rec was. Cooper. It, Cooper. Uh, hey, Josh. What, what's yours? What's yours? What's my rec? Yeah. Uh, my recommendation is uh, a book. Oh, uh, the movie goer by Walker Percy. Uh, I just finished it yesterday and it is really, really excellent. Um, it's just about a guy in Orleans who goes to the movies and it's kind of generally sad. Uh, he just kind of like feels like there's this like malaise of modern life that's like getting him down and he's trying to figure out if there's like a, a way around that or like a reason for being alive. It seems heavy. It's very, it's very interesting. Um, really, really beautiful book. Um, really resonated with me. Um, it's like it, there's a lot of like I'm in this and I don't like it. Like a lot of like, <laughs> like this character like reminded me of me in a lot of ways in ways that like made me like sad about myself. Yeah. But in a way, it's a really really beautiful book. Um, really recommend it. Um, also, apparently Terrence Malick was working on a adaptation in the '80s that never came around, oh. which w- would have been like brilliant because like that's very like what all Terrence Malick movies are about too. Yeah. Uh, also, really amusingly, um, so it's dedicated to Walker Percy's. Uh, a uncle, I believe, who raised him, and his name was William, like Anthony Percy or something. Yeah. So, on the, yes, exactly. <laughs> on the cover, inside cover, the first thing you see it says, "like dedicated to WAP," <laughs> <laughs> which is very funny. Yeah, it's very good. Um, anyway, great book. Uh, check it out. And I, do you know what I your remember, thing is? I remember. Now? Mine. Okay. I remember. Mine. It's on Her Majesty's Secret Service. It's a it's a James Bond movie from the sixties. It's like the one weird outlier Bond because it has George Lazenby, who's the ever, the guy who everybody forgets was a Bond. Right. Because he only had one movie. Right. Because he took over after Connery and then Connery came back for one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. And then he's also like a weird outlier in a bunch of ways because he's Australian. Right. He's just like some actor or in general handsome guy that the Broccoli's met on vacation. Right. You must be Bond. And then he's actually good in it. It's an actually good Bond, but it's a very strange Bond. It's also the, it's the one where James Bond gets married. Right. And then... It's also got a bunch of kind of like interesting visual stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Like there's this one scene where he's getting attacked on the beach and there's a lot of they're using color in a really interesting way, kind of like weird psychedelic way. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just it's like a legitimately interesting movie. Yeah. And visually is cool in a way that a lot of Bond movies aren't. Yeah. I mean, people really ride for it as like the thinking man's Bond a lot yeah. of times. Um, I mean, I have a lifelong like uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, indifference towards Bond in general as, yeah. a, as a property. It's not really my thing. Yeah. Oh, and the other actually the other fun thing about Secret Service is that um, the most No Time to Die has a lot of references to it. Oh, interesting. Like they use the, they reuse the theme song of that movie. Oh, really? And then okay, there's a couple other points in the movie that are kind of direct references to it. Mm-hmm. So actually now is not a bad time to watch it because if you want it, you'll like see some stuff in No Time to Die from it. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, rate, review, subscribe. subscribe. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Facebook. HBLB podcast for both. If you have someone in your life that might enjoy the podcast, let them know about it. If you see a post. And if you have, even if you have something you don't like in your life, let them know about it. Yeah. Spread the All word. The, repost they, our things. Yeah. They, they might not. They might not like our show if they're recommended by someone they don't like. Yeah. But we just need listens, man. I don't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> Get those, we got to pump those numbers up. Yeah. Um, goodbye forever. Bye forever. Bye forever. <laughs>